I, I think I've, I've always just kind of had this uh, stubborn mindset and, and wanting to uh, explore not only my physical surroundings, but my, my internal uh, bits as well, as far as kind of what makes me uh, tick, what, what am I good at, what am I bad at, uh, what am I able to do, and, and so for me, that's, that's the primary objective, see, see what I can do, see where I can improve, uh, see where I can learn lessons that uh, apply elsewhere uh, outside of running, but it's it, it's a, a constant game uh, of, of just seeing if I can one-up myself. Hey everybody, this is Nikki Tamburino, and you're listening to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast, the show that explores the why of running for people who love to run. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at my new account, Nikki underscore Tamburino, for all the latest inspiration from our guests, information on how maybe running will help, and how you can use our sport for personal development in your life. Guys, today I'm sharing with you my recent conversation with John Kelly, also known as Random Forest Runner. He's one of the most respected competitors in the ultra running community. John is a two-time finisher of the infamous Barkley Marathons, one of only 17 people to finish and one of only three people to finish more than once. In this conversation, we discuss the mentality that leads to his success and, of course, why running helps transform our lives. Be sure to follow John on Instagram at randomforestrunner. Now let's get started. So, John, welcome to Maybe Running Will Help. Uh, this podcast is a lot about figuring out what goes on in the brains of runners. I'm specifically interested in why we run and even, you know, the part of running that has nothing to do with performance. Obviously, you have a lot of um, achievements in the running um, community. But I also want to learn about you from, um, you know, just John as a person and like what goes on in your brain and why you do these things. So, yeah. So welcome. Thanks very much. Looking yeah. forward to it. Obviously, what stood out to me, I guess, at first was the Barkley Marathons. And that's something that like I came across a documentary a few years ago. And ever since then, I was just intrigued by it because I was like, this is the craziest race I've ever heard of. And and maybe to me, it's the craziest. Maybe it's not the craziest that you've ever done. But I'm like, the fact that you guys don't know when it's going to start, it starts with Laz lighting a cigarette. Like all of this to me is just like blows my mind. So in 2017, you were the 15th finisher. Um, and is that when for you things really started, like you started to get noticed in the trail community or is that like when things took off? Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, my, my 2016 uh, performance, I guess, kind of started that where I, I finished four loops and uh, ha had a quick trailside nap at the start of my fifth loop before failing there. Um, but, you, you know, people, to, to be honest, people, especially those who finish, don't really do Barkley to, to get noticed. Uh, that, that was never... Uh, Part of the the intent. Uh, I mean, it certainly happens, and it happens more now that there are uh, you know a dozen documentaries out on the race. Um, but I, I think the bigger thing there was uh, n noticing myself coming out of that and, and starting to kind of 
taking more notice of, of my own potential and and what I could potentially uh, do in, in these things and, and building my confidence. Some other like totally impressive things about you. And this is something that I like heard about a lot of the finishers in the Barkley marathons. Like you guys are really smart. Like you have a PhD. And I think a lot of the people that finish that race like are just highly educated. Like there's something about like you have to have that like dedication to like figuring stuff out. I don't know. What do you think it is about like that? Yeah, there's there's definitely a correlation there. Uh, there's there, there are obviously too few finishers at, at this point to, to draw any sort of definitive conclusions, but there's definitely a relationship between having that mindset of uh, taking on a, a complex puzzle uh, yeah. as, as a challenge and, and having the uh, the drive and, and sometimes the, the tunnel vision uh, to really focus on that and uh, get it done. So like I can you know, put my one foot in front of the other and maybe like grind out miles, but then to add the like mental, uh, and not just like the mental part of like finishing a race, but the mental part of trying to figure stuff out on top of that just seems like beyond what I would be capable of. So that's like, like for you, what do you think is the hardest part? Is the hardest part like the physical part or the mental part? Uh, it definitely requires both. Uh, it's that's, that's one of the uh, fun things about Barclay is it, it requires some of, of everything. Uh, if you have a, a glaring weakness, uh, whether it's on physical speed and strength or kind of mental fortitude to get some of the, the low spots in the race, or if you have absolutely no idea how to navigate or deal with sleep deprivation or nutrition over 60 hours, any of those things uh, are, are going to be an, an insurmountable problem. So it's either one of those without the other is, is not going to work at Barclay. Okay. Um, but like from a like mental side, what kind of training are you doing for something like Barclay? Uh, when I first started out, uh, I kind of looked at a lot of days of, of training in, in horrible weather as, as kind of an opportunity. Uh, that this is the sort of stuff that, that I need to be able to uh, run through and to deal with. I, I need to build my my mental resilience. I need to test my, my gear. Uh, later on, uh, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing is that it's my own experience at, at the race. Just my own experience going through these things uh, is is really the the biggest uh the biggest training in, in terms of having this sort of mental reservoir of, of memories and, and past experiences uh to to fall back on so it's almost like failing to succeed like you're doing these things you're going out finding out what works what doesn't work and then taking that on with you like to the next whatever challenges that you're doing yeah uh it's it, it I, I don't. I never do these sorts of things with the the intention of, of failing, but that's certainly a, a takeaway uh, from from any of these things that I do come come short of. Uh, my ultimate goal is to uh, kind of reach as far as I can and and to take what lessons I can away from that. And and oftentimes, like with Barkley, I 
I do feel like uh, the shortest path to success was uh, my two failures that, that I had earlier on. Okay, and like what were those failures? Like what went wrong there that you kind of like took with you to this year? Uh, so, I, I mean, the, the first time uh, I failed, I had a poor nutrition strategy for, for dealing with that uh, length of event. Uh, the second time I made some navigation errors, uh, doing other events, just gradually building up that, especially that knowledge of in something this long, uh, the it doesn't always get worse is one of the things that, <laughs> right. that I was originally told, uh, which in a road race, it kind of is. It's kind of a, just a gradual degradation from the start <laughs> to where you hit the finish at, at rock bottom is, yep. is kind of the goal. Uh, in an ultra, you're going to have a lot of rock bottoms and you're going to be able to pop, pop back out of those. So being able to remember where that has happened before is is huge to be able to convince yourself to, to keep going. Just for people who don't know, because I just learned this recently about you, but your like marathon time is actually like really impressive. It's like a like in the two twenties, which is so fast. Yeah, I, well, I, I did CIM in December. It had been a while since I I trained specifically for a standalone marathon, so wanted to to see what I could do. Uh, and so yeah, I, I came away with a, a two twenty six there, which I'm I'm pretty happy with. Uh, it's, it's not only something that I, I wanted to, to see what I could do for a personal challenge, but it, it's also maintaining and, and building that sort of speed is, is important, uh, for ultras and, and for the, the types of things that I do. I mean, I know it's a different kind of hard, but like when you look at the road race, like the marathon and then something like the ultras that you do, is it the same hard or like, were you like marathon, like, <laughs> like no big deal? Uh, it's, it's different kind of pain. Uh, you know, doing any, any, any of these things. I mean, doing a 5k, doing a, a 800 meters, 800 oh, meters yeah. is a tough race. Uh, and, uh, so it's, it's just a, a different type of, uh, I, I'd say resilience to push through that. It's, it's a different type of discomfort. Uh, and, and they, they both feed into one another for sure. Um, but you know, the, the word hard is is really a, a such a subjective uh relative thing i mean to me like yeah finishing barkley is hard but uh statistically speaking probably it's harder to run a 10 second 100 meter dash which i'll never do i'll never be able to do that no matter how much i train i i cannot i'm not that quick uh so it's uh, certainly something that has unique challenges and the duration of the difficulty uh, is is much longer. Right. Uh, but as, as far as something that is, is hard to do, uh, you, you can you can put that as a cutoff for any distance race. And so like of all the things that you've done, like what do you think like like most people are like <laughs> are impressed by? And then I'll ask you on the other side, like, what do you feel like? is most impressive to you about what you've done? Uh, I mean, uh, most people, I think, probably know me from Barclay and get fixated on Barclay. It's it's the most widely known of the things that I've done. Uh, you know, I've, I've done lots of other uh, multi-day adventures and, and challenges that, that to me are 
uh, as as meaningful and as as difficult. And you know, again, they they come with their own unique sets of challenges. But uh, overall, Barclay is is the one that, uh, at least in the past eight years or so, has has gotten the publicity and is is what people know about. Yeah. And then is there anything that you've done that you feel like you're most proud of? Like, is was there one particular challenge that you feel like you learned the most about yourself doing? Uh, I did quite a few uh, fun adventures in my, I lived in the UK for a few years and uh, part of that was during COVID. And oh. so I had a, a back and, you know, there weren't a lot of races. And so I uh, did some FKTs, had a, a back and forth uh, with a friend on the, the Penine Way record. Uh, but one of the things I did there uh, that I, I, I love the most is, is something I called the Grand Round, where I moved over there. There's three big uh, traditional UK fell running rounds, uh, one in Wales, one in England, one in Scotland. And I decided it'd be good fun to, to do them all in a row and ride my bike in between them. And so mm -hmm. it's a challenge that just uh, I just made it up. Uh, right. It's not something that people, anyone had done before, uh, but it aligned with my passions and with what I wanted to do in terms of getting out there and exploring and experiencing these these mountains and enjoying some time on a road bike, uh, seeing much of the rest of the country. So it was it, it took me five and a half days uh, wow. to do that. I, I encountered some extremely difficult weather along the way it brought in a variety of disciplines uh, including just logistics to organize the support and, and plan everything out for it uh, but it was it, it was a truly unique experience and again it's it's something that i made up because it's what i wanted to do and uh, i think that that's something that i hope uh, other people can can take away from that is you don't necessarily need to do Barclay or, or Western States or UTMB or, or whatever it might be that is, is kind of your uh, race that, that exists out there. If, if those aren't things that, that you can do or that you necessarily want to do, just, just make something up that uh, really gets you going, that you're passionate about and, and get out there and do it. I feel like there's, so many of us, me included, get caught up in the like, you know, the Strava stuff where like, look what I did. And like, you want to prove your like PR, your marathon time. But to you, like, it's like clear that it's not about that. So where do you think that comes from? Like that this like desire to reach your limit? Like, have you always been like that? I, I think so. Uh, I think I've, I've always just kind of had this uh stubborn mindset and, and wanting to uh, explore not only my physical surroundings, but my, my internal uh, bits as well, as far as kind of what makes me uh, tick, what, what am I good at, what am I bad at, uh, what am I able to do? And, and so for me, that's, that's the primary objective, see, see what I can do, see where I can improve, uh, see where I can learn lessons that uh, apply elsewhere uh, outside of running, but it's it, it's a, a constant game uh, of of just seeing if I can one up myself essentially. Can you talk about like something that recently maybe you learned about yourself, maybe in this last Barclays Marathon? Was there anything new that came out of that? 
the the big thing for me coming out of this recent one and well probably the year before is 2022 when i, I failed because i i lost my, my book pages um oh. that that prove i made my way around the course um but the biggest thing for me has has been learning that it's it's possible to pursue these things to to take on these these big challenges um without becoming consumed by them to to have these goals be something that you know i am I'm, I'm controlling the goal rather than vice versa and oh. it, it was real easy uh early on in barclay especially to, to kind of become a bit obsessive and consumed by it and and have it be something that that uh sure was driving me forward uh, and a great sense of motivation but uh, that was at the expense of uh, other areas of my life and, and came with a, a good bit of stress and anxiety that uh, isn't really necessary. I've, I've reached this point where I, I have this motivation and this fire to, to finish still, uh, but in a, a good balance uh, with with the other areas of my life. Are you ever in like danger, like safety danger? Like, do you ever feel like you're actually in that kind of like situation or have you ever been a few times but nothing extreme i'm i'm generally pretty good about that it's the the things i do are, are not worth uh risking my my life or my long-term health for uh there there have been a, a couple of unsupported winter uh fkts fastest known times that i've gone for that uh, i got in, into positions that i just i wasn't comfortable uh, with those conditions. Uh, and if I had been supported uh, or in some situation like a race where uh, th there were kind of support teams ready to go, uh, then I, I probably would have continued on. But for being out there in the mountains by myself, uh, I, I made the call to, to quit and just uh, call it a, a great day and, and great adventure out in the mountains that didn't necessarily uh, achieve my goal but was uh, still a, a fun outing so you know the, the short answer is yeah i've been a, in, in a few dicey spots but it's something that uh, i i try to avoid uh, getting into uh, which just to me it's it's not worth it uh, for these sorts of things I don't know. I think that's really interesting. And it leads me to like one of the other questions I want to ask you is like, is there anything that you will absolutely like not do? Like, are you like totally opposed to doing things like <laughs> the thing that came to my mind was like skydiving, like stuff like that? Uh, I have done skydiving. Um, <laughs> I am. A after we watched Free Solo, my, oh, my wife. Um, my wife said I, I wasn't allowed to do rock climbing <laughs> because she, she saw too many parallels between uh, Alex Donald and, and myself in terms oh, wow. of mentality. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that that's something that I, I would want to do anyway. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of heights, to, to be honest. Okay. Um, well, I am just as long as I am standing somewhere <laughs> safely um, and, and not hanging from a ledge or <laughs> anything. Uh, I, I also, I, I have a pretty big fear of avalanches. And so that's, Ooh, yeah. you know, another factor that goes into some of these uh, winter uh, things that I've done uh, unsupported. Uh, so I, 
uh, I'm very cautious and, and check that. And, and so doing these sorts of mountaineering uh, challenges where that is uh, an, an unavoidable, well, certainly when you're experienced, you can uh, reduce that risk right. significantly, um, but you can't fully eliminate it. Uh, and so doing those sorts of things where it's it's still a risk uh, is n not something that I have a great desire to do. Uh, <laughs> that, that whole prospect of, of being buried alive beneath yeah. snow is not not uh, not, not something that, that puts my mind at ease. <laughs> no, I'm getting that. Um, and what about like, OK, like animals, like because obviously you're a trail runner and like out there for a really long time. Have you ever encountered any like crazy animal or do you have a fear of any particular animal uh so poisonous or sorry venomous snakes are uh that's that's never a fun encounter you know that they can kind of be hiding anywhere and you step in the wrong spot and uh you know that's a tough spot to be in uh when you're miles out in the wilderness in the mountains by yourself uh i've i've had some bear encounters i've come across uh a, a mama with her her cub before she she wasn't too happy to see me but you know once her once her cub got up a tree she she didn't care uh that i was there basically just ignored my very existence oh. uh i've never had a grizzly bear encounter I, I have run in grizzly bear country by myself which oh. um that that's you, you know every sound you hear it's kind of like you know, what's that <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, I mean, my worst encounter actually was was an elk. I, I came around a corner and uh, came across a, a whole herd during mating season and uh, came face to face with the bull elk who, you know, was there with his whole herd. And uh, yeah, he, he wasn't too happy about that. So I got the bluff charge and the, the kicking the paw in the air and, and all of that. and slowly backed away uh and and was fine on that one but uh, you know things like that animals that are highly territorial that people don't you know you go to yellowstone and there, there's people like going up trying to take pictures next to elk like they're you know yeah. animatronics at, at disney world or something it's uh th those are are very dangerous animals uh yeah. moose even more so just just less less common that's crazy. We're going to Montana, the whole Yellowstone thing. Uh, and I, of course, I'm thinking like, I don't think I'm going to run. Well, and, and to be honest, you, you know, people think about all the dangers of going out and running the mountains and oh, are you going to see a bear or a mountain lion or a rattlesnake or whatever. And most of the worst encounters that I've had over the course of my life have been with uh, people who don't have their dogs fenced up uh, or, or tied up in, in their yard and, and you know mm. you're just you're going for a run on the road and, and you end up getting chased so there, oh, are, there are a lot of a lot of areas uh, where I know that that is common and uh, I, I run with with pepper spray uh, specifically okay. for that reason it, just in case I were to come across a bear what is the, what do you know as the thing to do well, I mean, that's that's again where black bears and grizzly bears are, are whole different encounters. Uh, black bear, uh, you make yourself big, you make noise, uh, and for the most part, again, unless it's a mama with her cub, 
they'll they'll run off. Uh, I've I've had a, a a large male black bear essentially just barreling straight down a hillside, cutting the switchbacks right toward me, and you know I do that, and he he runs off, scampering through the woods like he's a scared little cat, uh, a scared little cat that could rip me in half with one swipe of his claws. Uh, but you know, that, that's where the ones that get used to being around humans are, are the ones that are more dangerous and, and problematic because they don't have that natural fear. Yeah, right. Um, but still black bear, that's, that's what, what you do. And most of the time that's, that's fine. D- don't try to get between a, a mom and a, and her cub. Grizzly bears, you, you know, curl up into the fetal position and, and pray to whatever God you believe in, uh, that, that they leave you alone. Oh, wow. Um, that's, that's where, you know, if, if you have bear spray, that's great. Uh, yep. hopefully you are not downwind, uh, from the bear. Although the thought has occurred to me that if I am, and if I just spray myself oh my with God. the bear mace, will they leave me alone? Oh my I, gosh. I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, Grizzly bears, a lot of time, they are, um, they're territorial and they want to see that you're not a threat. And so the plane dead uh, is, is often the, um, the, the best, best course of action, uh, unless it's a situation where uh, the, they appear to be stalking you or there's some other indication that they are seeing you as food rather than a threat. Um, and in that case, again, like, good luck. luck. Um, (laughs) oh my God. I'm like, seriously, like, I feel like I could know all of the information, but if I were actually faced with it, I would probably just freeze and like play dead anyway. Like, I just, I don't know. Like I've never been in that situation, but it's like one of those things where you don't know what you'll do until you're in it. Well, and and the other thing are most animals in general, and this is definitely true of bears that they don't like being surprised. Mm. Uh, and, and so that's, that's again, the advice of just making noise and singing and having, you know, your little bear bells on your pack and whatever else, whenever you're in bear country. So yeah. they, they know you're coming and uh, they can leave before the encounter ever happens rather than, you know, the worst situation as you come around a sharp bend in the trail and there they are five feet in front of you. And they're just as surprised to see you as you are to see them. And uh, who knows how they'll respond at that point. They they have the the fight or flight uh, response the same way that we do. Right, right, right. Now, moving a little bit away from like crazy animals and stuff like that i hear that ultra runners eat like some like ridiculous like food like what's the craziest thing you've ever eaten during an ultra oh during an ultra um so that that's a little bit more limited but there are definitely things that that when you're deep into these just you wouldn't expect at all uh it's i i mean i've I've been known to, to carry around a flask of straight maple syrup uh to just uh use one of the most surprising to me actually was towards the end of one of these multi-day things where uh someone a support runner brought me a couple of cheeseburgers for for mcdonald's and someone told me they were coming out with that and in my head i'm just like i don't want a cheeseburger are you (laughs) kidding me like while i'm running Right. And, and, and McDonald's, I mean, sure, McFlurries are good. The fries are okay. But like otherwise, I wouldn't eat at McDonald's. 
and but then they show up and and they they hold hold the bag up in front of my face and just instantly my stomach and my mind are like, <laughs> like yes, yes. <laughs> double fist me right now right right and, right and I, I made made quick work of those and it's one of those that just you know at that point your your body's getting highly depleted and it knows uh kind of subconsciously what it needs better okay. than you do and so if it needs salt or if it needs sweet or if it needs protein it, it kind of it knows and it, it craves those things and so it's important to to try to listen to those cravings and, and give your body what it wants so uh, another thing that i i don't know I, I sometimes get funny answers for is like a lot of these support stops on ultras like are pretty themed and like funny like have you come across like any like crazy support like areas like doing any crazy theme well, there was an aid station. I did Hard Rock last year, and I got really bad altitude sickness. Uh, came off of, of Handy's Peak, that the fourteen thousand foot peak. Uh, in that race, just puking my guts out, and in a really bad spot, and ended up spending about four hours at an aid station trying to get to the point where I could just take a sip of water oh my uh, and, and keep that down. And they they were Christmas themed. So that, that was that was fun. They, they had oh. the Christmas lights and the costumes and the music and everything. And Hard Rock takes place in, in mid-July. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So it was it, it was nice. It was oh, a, a fun, fun spot to, to be stuck at for, for four hours. All right. So you're out like on an ultra. I want to know like what kinds of like survival skills, like if you can give us like a good survival skill out there, like for an ultra, like have you ever had to like make something out of nature that you needed to get through a race or do you do that a lot? Maybe that's like something you do a lot. The, the main thing is just taking what you, you might need. Uh, okay. That's, that's the biggest issue is, is people not taking the right uh, gear with them. You, you you've got to take ex, ex, plan for the worst you, you know the, the old plan for the worst hope for the best uh is uh extremely relevant here and so you um you know look at the forecast consider where you're going uh what's the worst that can happen what's the coldest it can get could it rain could it be windy uh and then factor in maybe I'll trip and break my ankle and I'll be stuck out there by myself overnight, not moving, not generating heat uh, in the worst conditions and take what you need uh, to make it through that situation. That's that's the uh, the worst thing is, is people go out and think, oh, it's just a, a short run. I'll, I'll be back in no time. The weather looks great. And, and they don't take uh, the, the, the weather in the mountains can can change. Uh, on a dime so you you've got to take what you might need and be prepared for that uh and and that's that's whether it's it's solo or a race or, or whatever could you make it on a show like survivor i mean <laughs> uh, i don't know that survivor is the best ex example of <laughs> of actually surviving uh, right it's like but, right 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 but like put you out there like with nothing like and you like could figure it out but that wouldn't be like your thing your thing would you would want to know in advance what you're getting into so that you could prepare not necessarily be like thrown into a situation and have to figure well, it yeah, out yeah i mean sometimes you have to improvise but <laughs> the, most of the time that's a result of not being properly prepared so you know if i were if, if it were a lost situation where i was on a 
plane wreck and stranded on an island. Yeah, I think I, I know what I need to know to, to get by. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer and uh, an engineer to me is, is being able to, to make the best solution possible with the resources that you're limited to. And, and so it's, it's very much that, that type of situation. What do the people that you work with like think about what you do like on the trail running side? Uh, I mean, it's it's not something that I uh, most of them have figured it out at, at this point, and so it's uh, it's a um, periodic topic of conversation, maybe after something like Barkley. But okay. uh, you know, for the, for the most part, it, it's one of those things where once you go past a certain distance, it's all the same. Okay. And so for uh, people that run what I, I refer to as more reasonable distances, <laughs> uh, I typically refer to as a half marathon as the longest reasonable distance to run. <laughs> um, but once you get up like past 50 miles, it's it's all the same as, you know, oh, I ran 50 miles. That's really far. Oh, I ran 200 miles. Oh, that's really far, too. Dude, um, but, you know, there's there's yeah. not this sort of um, granularity and, and truly understanding that, that difficulty. So it's it, it can be a, a neat topic of conversation, but it, it's not something that I uh, actively bring up or, or delve into. Or people, people don't to, just approach highly. you about it. <laughs> like there's that guy. There's the guy that runs the crazy distances uh, yeah occasionally i'll get that yeah. i mean but barclay is is a niche within a niche within a niche and yeah. so to a to a small number of people uh it's it's very highly known and i'm very well known and i've been recognized uh in some rather odd places but the you know to, to most people and the, the general population at large they, they still don't know what Barkley is or would recognize me or, or anything like that. Except that you were on SportsCenter. <laughs> I was, and LeBron James had to wait his turn. He did. Uh, you the, sc the screenshot there of LeBron is coming up next. <laughs> That's um, pretty cool. That's but yeah, that, that, was, that was a pretty cool experience uh, to, to get to do that. I think that's really cool. And is there anything else like that people would be like, not that that's surprising to me, that's not surprising that you're at sports center. Cause I like, I look at what you do and I'm like, that's insane. But like, is there anything surprising that people don't know about you that maybe like you did in a past life or anything interesting like that? I mean, at, at some point, I, I think I've, I've mentioned most things, uh, you know, I was a pretty serious water skier until uh, I moved somewhere where I didn't have anywhere to ski or access to a boat or, or anything and i kind of took up running there um it was a pretty serious uh, world of workout craft player uh for for a while during grad school what is that uh it's it's an on online game uh, okay. so, so one of these where you know it's it's a big massive online universe and you're you're playing a character that uh, is going around and taking on quests and fighting through dungeons and, and whatnot. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I was a, a sports talk radio show, sports talk radio show host. That's awesome. Um, dur during undergrad, did, did that for four years. Uh, that, that was at NC State. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> I, awesome. I think th those, those are the, the biggest things as, as far as, what I've done that, that maybe are, are a bit different. Now, do you have like 
anything that you would say like like why you run like why running like personally helps you aside like i guess it helps for your like to learn about yourself but like why would you say like if i were to be like why does running help like how does it help you uh so it's it's a number of things again i I think it depends on what sort of running you do people that go out and run again what i'll say are reasonable distances that maybe do a, a few miles a day, uh, 35 miles a week or so at, at the upper end, uh, it's it's a great outlet. It's it's a great way to de-stress. It's a great way to improve your health. It's a great way to mentally disconnect from everything else uh, that, that is going on in our lives, whether it's, it's work or, uh, you know, family responsibilities or, or whatever else. It's, it's just a moment that is really an opportunity for it to be forced me time. Mm. Uh, you know, and no, no one can uh, send me an email or, or do anything else while, while I'm out there. I mean, they can, but I'm not going to yeah. look at my phone and, and notice. So it's it's the one time of day where I can kind of be alone with my thoughts or choose to just shut my mind off and, and not think at all. Beyond that, when you start going to the sort of distances that I I, I do, it's uh, you know the, the health benefits really start to plateau at, at best. Uh, it's the, there's a certain level at which you can say it's it's competitive to to seek these goals and and to see how well you can do and and to overcome these challenges. But again, there uh, it's you can be competitive at shorter dis- distances and you can have these these goals uh, that, that are, are hard challenges. And, and so going beyond that to the sort of stuff that I do, I, I'd, I'd say that it is the complexity that, that it pulls in. It's it's more than just running. It's it's a puzzle and it's an adventure. Uh, and it's it's fun to try to solve that. And it's fun to try to optimize all of those variables and uh, learn a great deal more uh, about myself uh, throughout that process. Now you're still like relatively young, especially in the world of ultra running. Do you ever think about like the day that you're like, we'll be done with this? Is there something that that to you is going to be like when that happens, then I'm going to have to find something else? Or do you just think this is as long as you can do it? Is Yeah, I think I'll, I'll keep doing these things. Uh, my, my pace will one day inevitably slow. I'll, I'll no longer be competitive. But uh, these things again aren't necessarily about being competitive. It's it's getting to explore uh, the mountains and and the terrain and uh, challenge myself wh- wherever I might be. Wh- whether that's competitive or an older version of myself mm. that can't move as fast. It's it's still the the same thing there. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it'll be a bit different. The dynamic will be a bit different. Some of the uh, incentives on, on training will reduce uh, for sure. But otherwise, it's, it's something that, that I enjoy. It's not something I'm doing just because I happen to currently be fairly good at it. Right. I think that's like a really important part because a lot of times, like when you get slower, people like are tempted to stop. But it's really... I. I love how like you're it's like about finding your potential wherever you are and you can always do that. Like there's you never have to stop, do, you know, trying to figure that out. Um, so do you have a favorite quote or anything that you can leave us with today? Oh, 
there there are a lot of a lot of good quotes out there um you know what what i mentioned i, I don't know that it's specifically a, a quote but as as far as as ultra running goes and as far as life goes in general i think what i mentioned earlier of, of it, it it doesn't always get worse is uh, an important one to remember we we have these ups and downs and there there are low spots where it might seem like there's no way out of it but uh, continuing on we we can pop back out of those and and get to a a new spot and and feel good uh, again with with a lot of lessons uh, coming uh, along the way so to to me that's that's the big big difference in ultra running and uh, that that is is a takeaway is having those ups and downs and, and learning how to battle through them yep and you can carry that over into life and it just because it seems you know what it's i've heard somebody else say like when you're in the hole it's hard to see out of but if you just keep moving forward uh you'll you know you eventually find your way and uh, i think that's a really important lesson so thank you for leaving us with that and I appreciate your time today. Good luck with everything that you have coming up. Is there anything next? Or are you just kind of like we're still recovering? Because Barclays is in March, right? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty bad. Well, well back to uh, ramping up my training again. Uh, the probably going to do a, a few uh, FKTs uh, over the summer uh, and then head back to Tortoiseant in September. It's a uh, Two two hundred and five mile race uh, around the Ayasta Valley in, in northern Italy. And so oh wow! It's, it's one of my favorite places that I've ever been. Uh, probably my favorite course, but it's it's did it a couple times when I was living much closer to there uh, in, <laughs> in the UK. But uh, I I have not yet had a good performance there, and so I very much want to. Uh, go experience the course again and, and also come away with with something that I'm, I'm happy with in the process Now will your family go with you to something like that? No, not not to this one uh, Certainly okay. not with it being now a transatlantic flight uh, And that's the, the the kids are back in school by that point oh. as well. Yeah, yeah Normally though, I, you know whenever possible I try to make these things in into family trips uh, and, and an event out of it yeah, but, uh, it's not not practical for for this one, unfortunately. You go uh, like what four four kids young too, right? I mean, yeah, uh, two six year old twins and wow. nine. Oh my gosh, you are busy. Well, definitely. Thank you for the time that you gave us today, and best of luck on everything that you have coming up. And I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thanks so much. I hope you do too. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to John Kelly for joining us. You can find him on Instagram at Random Forest Runner. Be sure to follow his account and wish him the best on all his future running adventures. Please remember to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and follow me on Instagram at Nikki underscore Tamarino for all the latest content. That's N-I-C-K-Y underscore T-A-M-B-E-R-R-I-N-O. Until then, this is Nikki Tamarino. And don't forget to keep running, keep inspiring, and keep sharing how maybe running will help. Have a great run, everybody. Woo! I press the button and the doors go up. Oh, 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 oh. That money clip us
I hit record it, Jap, you can't ignore it I'm transforming now these cars and planes, I'm always boarding Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets When I'm performing, never boring, now you can't afford it Champagne Perrier, finish friends on my face Looking like I'm from the D, D's no Cartier's Pockets deep, 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 bro and peanut butter why is this a thing do you like this uh i don't like pickles i don't like pickles yes okay so i hate you, pickles. if you if you deep fry them like we tend to do with everything here in the south then they're all right uh okay. but, but otherwise yeah i, I don't care for pickles but I, I peanut butter peanut butter can be great those little uncrustable things oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, packaged peanut butter and jelly sandwiches th those those are good that's a solid ultra food 